to NFL Junkies, the official NFL podcast of USA Today Sports. I'm Chris D'Amico, the NFL editor at USA Today, and I'm joined once again by Tom Pelissero, one of the national NFL editors, writers, and editors. Tom runs the show here. Um, I try to. You usually, you usually stop me, though. <laughs> um, our meeting rooms are great places to be. And we are going to push the calendar ahead a little bit. Tom did a very insightful column that you can find if you Google usatoday.com. A story on quarterbacks in 2017. And it remains very timely. Uh, and it is about potential teams looking for quarterbacks and potential free agents. We won't get into the college players coming out there are enough nfl quarterbacks who might be available we don't know if anyone wants them and of course it will all start with tony romo we think good start with kirk cousins but we'll come back to him tony romo is not if if dak prescott if it keeps going this way even if he cools off a little whatever as long as he doesn't suffer a big injury it's fairly safe to assume that Romo will not be with the Cowboys next season, correct? I would say fairly safe. You never say never about anything, particularly when you got a quarterback who's as close to the owner there as Jerry Jones. You know, that's one thing that uh, people I talked to in the league gave him some pause, just knowing that that's a bit of a, a unique situation. And you know, the guy's been there for you know, pretty much his entire adult life. He's going to Jerry's grandson's uh, football games and discussing the state of the franchise. I I talked to one GM who said he thinks that they're just going to end up letting him go because Tony will say, just let me go choose my own landing spot. And Jerry, who's already done him uh, probably $150 million solids already, do one more by uh, let him go and, and pick the team. But if the Cowboys, yeah, if they want to – to find a landing spot for him if they want to trade him. Uh, I do expect that there is going to be a market, and how flush and how lucrative that market is depends in part on how a lot of other moving parts shake out elsewhere. For him to go back to the Cowboys, for one, he'd have to go back as the starter, right? Or Tony would want out. We're There's guessing. no way we're he's guessing. going back. Right. There's no way, based on where we're at now, that he's going back as the starter. If Dak completely collapses over the next six weeks or something like that happens, then, you know, who knows? But the way that Dak's playing, I I don't really see that happening. I don't think that Jerry is foolish about this. I think he understands that's going to be his quarterback of the future. Could you, you know, again, these are long shot scenarios, but could you see something where Tony decides he's willing to take a, you know, uh, 50% pay cut on his salary and compete. If, if Jerry says you can compete in the short term with Dak, it, it's possible. It's certainly not a likely scenario, but there's still some different things that could play out. Everything that I read into everything Jerry's saying, though, right now, and knowing how other people within the NFL look at this, I fully expect Tony Romo is going to want to play elsewhere, and why wouldn't he? You know, he's 36 years old. He doesn't want to go out as the guy who – you know, broke every bone in his body over the past couple of years. I, I think that he would like to go out as somebody who's on the football field. He's got his entire life to, you know, go and be a backup or go and be a coach or go and cheer on the Cowboys. I, I think he wants one more shot to go and play, uh, and we'll see exactly, you know, what what sort of scenarios pop up for him. To, to play that out and just to explain to people, 
that would if he is to leave the Cowboys, he is under contract, so the Cowboys would either have to work out a deal for him, or if they do give him a final solid, they could cut him, right? And that's then, what, that's then he what just I'm becomes saying. A free if he agent. said, hey, I've got the opportunity to go to this team, this is where I want to go, but they're not going to trade for me, can you just release me? You know, that would be the other, the other thing, is if he asked for it. But again, at a time where you could potentially, depending on how the market plays out, be looking at a day two draft pick for Tony Romo. That would be a lot to give up just to take a guy who paid over $100 million and slap him on the back and say, ah, fine. So let's switch hats with you, and you you play GM of a team who does need a quarterback. Can you – I mean, look, Romo is a really good quarterback, but as you said, he's 36, and he hasn't played much lately because he keeps getting hurt. Teams are going to be reluctant to, to – I don't think he's – will he be that hot of an item with taking everything into consideration? When you compare him to the rest of the quarterback market, you know he's not somebody you're investing in as your quarterback for the next five years. He's not, he's not going to be Brock Osweiler in this cycle. Okay, If that guy you know exists, and right now, unless Kirk Cousins gets out of Washington, which, again, if you're talking about – scenarios that don't seem likely but they're certainly possible you know unless you get somebody like cousins getting out there what you're looking at is jake cutler he's he's not going to get a long-term deal colin kaepernick is not going to get a long-term deal based on where he is ryan fitzpatrick the younger quarterbacks are case keenum and mike glennon and ej Manuel, blaine gabbert geno smith there's nobody in there who you see Outside of maybe Glennon, who still would probably be looking at some sort of a, an interim bridge deal. I know there's people in the league that really like Mike Glennon. I would not be surprised to see him get paid. Uh, but you're talking about a different sort of guy. Ten years younger than Romo. Hasn't had the injuries. Hasn't had the track record of actually going out there and playing football either. With Romo, it's just got to be a very specific sort of a situation. I think it's got to be a team that thinks that they can win right now that has a young quarterback that they want to develop or intends to get a young quarterback that they can develop and thinks Tony is willing to, you know, it's worth taking a shot on Tony Romo for one year, a bridge quarterback. And if you get lucky and he stays healthy, maybe he can channel something close to what he was in 2014. So that has led everyone to connect the dot and put the Broncos. This is all hypothetical, of course. Uh, to put the Broncos at the top of the list, uh, or say that it's a possibility, I shouldn't say the top of the list. And really what jumps out, I mean, you would think Broncos are Cardinals under that scenario, though, wouldn't you? And well, with, with the, with Denver, Denver is probably schematically, I would say, a better fit for what Romo is. Uh, but they've also got Paxton Lynch, who they trade up for in the first round right. this year. He, you have to fully expect he's going to be the starter there eventually or get his shot to be the starter. Uh, Trevor Simeon's playing. He's a second-year quarterback. So you got two young guys, but you're also built to win now. And I know that the mentality for John Elway uh, and everybody in that organization is trying to win right now. And they've got a roster because they showed it 10 months ago. They are capable. They are constructed in a way where they're a dangerous team that, that has the opportunity to win championships. So if you're sitting there thinking, okay, We've actually dropped in terms of some offensive rankings this year uh, from the Peyton Manning-Brock Osweiler combo to where we're at with Simeon and a little bit of Paxton Lynch. What if we bring in Romo for a year? And that's exactly that sort of a scenario. With Arizona, that would take them cutting Carson Palmer, uh, which I know that they have regressed this season. 
that's something that still is a complicated uh, sort of a conversation. They just signed him to a one-year extension in the offseason. They would not say – they'd save some against the cap, not a ton against the cap uh, by trading away Carson Palmer, depending how they would end up uh, structuring his cap hit. And then does Tony Romo really fit in Bruce Arians' offense where you're going to be dropping back, chucking the football down the field when you're going good? Um, and with Romo, I, I don't think I want Tony Romo at this stage taking a bunch of seven-step drops behind a knock, uh, an offensive line that hasn't been great this year and has been banged up and getting the crap beat out of him because it's just it's not going to work. You know, the hit that Cliff Averill got him with looked worse because Romo was writhing around on the ground. That's 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 right. not a, a hit that quarterbacks don't take often. And once again, Romo, the one time he got hit, uh, got hurt on that one. There's just there's so many different things you have to take into consideration. Would the Cardinals really sit back, unless they just are determined that Palmer peaked last year, which is a concept I know we've discussed before and was my, always my concern look at the Cardinals was just when you've got a quarterback who had an outlier later in his career like last season was for Palmer – I know he had played well for in 2014 before he got hurt too, but he spiked so much last season. You just wondered was he ever going to be able to get back there? If they determined that he can't, then who knows? And is Bruce Arians still the coach in Arizona? You know, there's another health problem popping up over the course of this week. Does he end up walking away? Do you have a new offensive scheme? There's there's just so many unknowns even here. You know, late November, a couple of days before Thanksgiving, as we record this, there's so many different things that can happen, and and so many things that. You know, if you just go back over the course of history, there's always one or two head coaching jobs that open that you don't see coming. There's always one or two really big surprises uh, in terms of free agency, and you just don't necessarily have those answers when you're trying to look ahead. Okay, that'll be very interesting with Romo because the other teams, like you said, there could be some surprise teams that come up. But after that, the list of teams really aren't title contenders that seem to be looking for quarterbacks when you throw Jets, Bears, 49ers, and those type of teams in there. And The Jets could convince themselves, though. That's the one thing. The Jets could convince themselves that they are closer than maybe they actually are. They do have some talent. I mean, up front on defense, they're as talented as anybody, but those guys just aren't playing. You know, Some of them are not playing particularly hard right now, and that's a problem for them. Their biggest issue has been at the quarterback position, and then Eric Decker getting hurt and things like that. Knowing how Woody Johnson thinks about this, remember, he's the guy who traded for Brett Favre eight years ago uh, and gave up a you know mid-round conditional pick. Favre was coming off a really good year with the Packers, but they still were willing to invest, pause everything that they were looking at in the future, and go out and get a 38, 39-year-old quarterback, whatever he was at that point, uh, and bring him in. You look at that, you look at Romo, you, you can see them you know, potentially doing it. it Places like Chicago, you know, I mean, San Francisco, if Chip Kelly, assuming that Chip Kelly is still there and he doesn't bail on that entire operation and try back to college or something at this point, Romo makes no sense. You can't play him in that system. Bradford was enough of an issue because of how you had to scheme around, how scared you were of him getting hit. Chicago is interesting for for one reason that somebody in the league brought up to me was the fact that the general manager there, Ryan Pace, another Eastern Illinois guy, Romo's an Eastern Illinois guy. They're both tight with Sean Payton. You can connect some of those sorts of dots, uh, but that's a really young football team. Who knows? If John Fox is out in Chicago, which there's more and more momentum to the idea of that potentially happening. Um you're looking once again at who knows what uh, what sort of quarterback uh, that team wants to bring in. The Bears are going to need something to quarterback. That's the certainty. I think they got to draft one, and maybe then if Cutler is moving on down the road, which I expect, 
then Romo, you know, you, you could at least make the argument. Maybe that's maybe that's exactly the sort of guy you want to plug in. And if he doesn't take an entire season, just try to play him for nine games till the young guy's ready. Circling back to the Jets, the their decision to how much do you read into the decision to start Fitzpatrick again this week? I really thought that they would. I guess on one hand, you could take that they're not sold on the young guys that they have. No, and they they drafted two projects. These are not just two quarterbacks who you thought, okay, when will they be ready? These were two guys who, if you're looking at all the quarterback, all the top quarterbacks in the past two drafts, Petty would have been the guy who you heard needed the most time, two to three years, coming out of that uh, wacky system that they ran down there. Uh, just to be able to figure out how to function in NFL offense. And then this year, Paxton Lynch was probably the furthest away, uh, but Hackenberg was also going to be on that list just because he had regressed so badly by the end of his time at Penn State. And there, even though there were some skills that you liked uh, in terms of his mobility, you liked some of the tape if you went way back to his freshman year when he still had Bill O'Brien there, uh, he, he was somebody who was going to need a ton of work. They just they, they don't have a, a guy who's ready to play. And I, I think that there's a little bit of fear there. When you're 10-6 and six one year, you don't want to be 3-13 and 13 the next. That's a, that's a big sort of a drop, even though I think the Todd Bowles is a really good football coach. Um, Mike McCagnan. People wanted to give him executive of the year last season. And I actually, <laughs> I got talked out of that. I was having beers with a couple of scouts. I was in, I think, Green Bay for week 17 last year. And I was, uh, you know, at a bar with a couple of scouts and we were talking over my ballot and they talked me out of voting for McCagnin because basically what they said was, yeah, he, he got bargains on guys like Brandon Marshall and Ryan Fitzpatrick, but those are not program building sorts of moves. Like he, he got a little bit lucky. Fitzpatrick played completely out of his mind. Best football he's ever played. He's never going to do it again. And Brandon Marshall was available for a lot of reasons that have nothing to do with how productive he is on the field. He has not necessarily been a positive influence on teams. So then, you know, you bring the band back together because you won 10 games the year before, and all of a sudden you see the Ryan Fitzpatrick that we had seen for the previous five years before 2015, uh, and look where you stand right now. There's there's reasons for those guys to be nervous just knowing that media market. In fact, the Giants on the other side of town are rising right now. Some investments that McKagan made in, in guys like Darrell Rivas, which again is an owner-driven move. They paid Muhammad Wilkerson and then watched him go into the tank. It's just there's so many things that went wrong. What I'm saying is, I, I understand if they're sitting there going, even if it's the difference between Ryan Fitzpatrick getting us to six wins and maybe finishing with three or four if we were playing Petty and Hackenberg. Let's try to get to six. Boy, that's such a back that thinking too though uh, and i get it believe me i've worked on long enough in the new york market that i really get it but I, I would just think you have to at least see what petty has you know you're never you're never gonna learn with him holding the clipboard as they say yeah uh, but there's some guys who just aren't ready there are some guys who don't belong on the field yeah and me and you sitting here or anybody else even observing around the league we don't know what's going on in practice every day we don't know how good or how horrible it looks for Bryce Petty. I just know what the evals were coming out, which was you're going to have to wait on this guy. If you try to roll him out there too soon in those first couple of years, you're asking for trouble. Right, let's let's switch over to Kirk Cousins. Took the one year, took the franchise tag. They stayed at one year. They couldn't come to terms. It's not a given to me that he will be back with Washington. <laughs> I, it's not a given. That's fair because – and I think that Scott McLuhan has spoken to this. 
he knows that he needs to build an entire program there. Kirk Cousins, I think, has extended what he did last season. Rough first couple of weeks of this season. But apparently he read my column before week three. He started calming down, making better decisions. I think he uh, mentioned that, actually. What's that? I think he mentioned that, actually. Yeah, no, that was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just he, he got back to playing like he was the previous season. He he absolutely carved up a really horrible Packers defense uh, on Sunday. You know, you have to look at the opponent a little bit. But Cousins has played really good football. He's got some weapons around him in the backfield. They've done a good job building. They have some guys in the passing game. The offensive line is a lot better. Austin's problems are not on offense. They can right. win with the offense they've got. They've got to get a lot better on defense, and particularly in the front seven. Is Cousins a top 10 kind of quarterback right now? He's he's probably on that edge, but if you've got a on-the-edge top 10 quarterback who wants $25 million a year, are you willing to do that? Or are you willing to say, let's look to the draft, let's develop uh, the young guys that we've got in-house? Uh, they drafted a guy last year who I know that they think a lot of there. I think it end up being a, a pretty good player for them, uh, Sudfeld. So you have to take the entire thing into consideration, then look at it from Kirk Cousins' perspective. Is he going to be the same quarterback uh, if he goes elsewhere, potentially into a different scheme and into a different sort of a situation? Uh, if the difference is you know rolling the dice and trying to get more money on the free agent market versus taking what the Redskins are willing to roll out there? We're not going to know that until they start negotiating. I can tell you this, factually, they were not close last year. Washington came in with an offer sort of late in the game. It wasn't anywhere near uh, what his side was asking for. So that deal had absolutely no opportunity for getting done. Well, a year later, the the numbers have gone up, not just because of how he's playing, but just logically thinking, because the franchise tag is 120% of your prior year's salary, uh, that would be 120% of this year's franchise tag. So now you're talking about $24 million if you're going to tag him again. Then if you got to tag him again a year after that, now that's kicking up to close to $30 million. So now rather than the baseline a year ago of maybe being, from Cousins' perspective, $44 million uh, for him to do a new deal, you're talking damn close to $60 million guaranteed before you're even going to begin talking. That's a that's a huge chunk of change for a general manager who's talked many times about this is not just a matter of building with the quarterback. This is building the entire roster. Uh, and from Cousins' perspective, I mean, you can get it from both sides here. It's just what are you willing to pay? The market gets reset all the time uh, in the NFL. Uh, and Cousins is going to ideally be looking at you know, outshooting Andrew Luck. I, I don't know that he ends up getting there, but he's it's going to have to get close, uh, or he's going to have every reason. And he can look at Brock Osweiler collecting $37 million fully guaranteed from the Houston Texans uh, as a sign that if he gets out there in free agency, he's probably going to do pretty darn well for himself. And I'm sure that's what he will do because that's human nature. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins seems like a like a fine Fine person, but he will chase every last dollar as we all would. I, I well, think. I, I don't it's, very, it's just a very interesting. Let me let me ask you this because you, you bring up a point, and I always have a you you know you want you study the cap and understand the cap a lot better than I do. Is this league getting to? I, I mean, it's an advantage to have your quarterback in that rookie contract. How are teams building with spending a lot of money on their quarterback? And is it leaving you room? Why wouldn't Washington be in the same boat where they could pay their quarterback top dollar, 
but still have enough money to build the rest of the team, which is partly built. I mean, I I love their offense. They got a lot of weapons. You understand what I'm saying, or is it becoming a league where, boy, you better you better win in that first five years of the quarterback? I, I don't think it has anything to do with some sort of a, a league-wide issue. It just comes down to, from Washington's perspective in this case, you don't want to pay just because that's what you pay for a quarterback. Because you're thinking that Kirk Cousins, you know, he's he's not Andrew Luck. He is not somebody who you're thinking is going to be projecting right now uh, as being a Hall of Famer. He's not elevating the team every week. He's playing very well within the context of what they're asking him to do. But the moment that you start committing more cap dollars, more cash uh, toward one position, that does leave you with less resources to play elsewhere. And so if the thinking is you re-sign Kirk Cousins or you maybe can draft a quarterback and sign three other players that can help you elsewhere, could you offset that in other ways? That's that's the thinking here. It's not that they are – this is not the same as Ryan Grigson saying you paid the quarterback. Now it's going to be much harder to build the rest of the roster. The reason the Colts have had trouble – is because Grigson's drafted terribly on defense and because they have not been able to put together an offensive line and because they've sunk cash and cap, cap dollars into guys like Trent Cole for you know and Frank Gore and trade a first round pick for Trent Richardson and made all these other mistakes. You know, that that's just a different situation. With this it just comes down to who is actually worth it. There's certainly thinking within the league that it's the quarterback, you pay the quarterback, you know, what it takes to keep him in house. You've seen guys like John Elway buck that system a little bit. There have been other teams like Miami with Ryan Tannehill, and you look at his contract. You look at some of the other contracts, and you go, all right, everybody wants to say overpaid. Well, you're worth what the market bears, but the market sometimes bears a lot for quarterbacks. So that's the thinking. If you are thinking, all right, well, we can either develop Sudfeld, draft somebody else like Cousins Walk, and we'll sign three other guys that can help that young quarterback along the way, you know, they might think that they potentially can be a better team. Having said all that, the way Cousins playing right now, I think they absolutely are going to be in a position where they're going to want to pay him by the end of the season. It's just a matter of where that number lands and whether Cousins is willing to chase another potentially five, ten million dollars, whatever it might be, to get to the market. It's going to be very interesting. And like you said, the last six weeks, I mean, it'll be tough if they get back into the playoffs, um, you know, for a second straight year and, and, and you let him walk. I mean, it's just I, whether right or not and whether it fits in your scheme, you know, that's a tough one with the fan base. <laughs> um, so, so really though, and, and, and we'll close it with this. The, the quarterbacks really that we, we think hitting free agency. Uh, it's, it's Romo, maybe Cousins, and then just a bunch of other people. I mean, probably not even Cousins. Right, right. I'm saying that maybe Cousins. So you're talking the so, likely ones. Right. It's not Romo either. I don't think Romo hits free agency. He gets traded. traded. But in terms of free agency, I think Jay Cutler will be on the street because the, the Bears will cut him. I think Colin Kaepernick, because I believe that he'll end up voiding his deal, because if he doesn't, the Fortnite is just going to cut him anyway because of the money he's due. And then it's Fitzpatrick, Keenum, Glennon, Manuel, Brian Hoyer, Blaine Gabber, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith. There could be other trade possibilities out there. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, depending what happens in Buffalo, I, I think that they keep Tyrod Taylor there, but they could decline his option. There's other, there's other unlikely things that happen. But when you, when you rattle that off, there's just, there's not a lot of really good quarterbacks who ever make it to the market, which is one more reason to think that Kirk Cousins at least would be tempted. 
uh, exactly. to go that's someplace the... else. <laughs> yeah. Because somebody's going to be desperate, and that's the same reason that the uh, no, the compensation in a Tony Romo trade might end up being higher than a lot of people think. Very interesting stuff, and will certainly keep us busy as it always does in the off season. All right, as always, we thank Tom for his insights. Uh, we wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. We are certainly thankful that Tom joins us every week. How's that? Uh, and you can follow Tom in USA Today and at usatoday.com throughout the season and actually throughout the year. As you see, the off-season stuff is equally interesting and just as hot and as intense as the games itself. Uh, thanks for joining us.